Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Third Degree, our podcast where we talk about random film-related crap, review stuff, pitch stuff, and just discuss anything we feel like discussing. Today, following on from last week's review of the new Fantastic Beasts movie, The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, you can go down to the description to find that, or go back into our homepage to find the last episode if you're on listening mode, or... I'll stick a link below it yeah. on YouTube because that's that's something we can do. Yeah, <laughs> that is something I will do. And today we are actually going back to look at all of the Harry Potter movies and ranking them, discussing why they go where they are, things we liked about them, things we didn't like. And we're going to kick it off with Correct. eighth place. Do you want to go first? Eighth place for me. Eighth place went to the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Okay. I know, I know why. I can, I can understand why it was nearly that low on mine. To be fair, I probably should say that I have devised this little system to rank films. So if we do any other rankings, oh, you can see a grid. It will, it will apply. Yeah. yeah, without giving too much away. There is my grid. If you can see it, doesn't matter. I've and they're not going to be able to see it either. The people on the thing. <laughs> Anyway, okay, uh, all, I've ranked all the films out of 40. There are four categories each out of 10. I rank them on the overall narrative, the effects, the score, the music soundtrack, and the casting. Right. The casting significantly a part that plays an important role to yep. the whole film, how well that was cast and delivered. Because yep. sometimes, you know, you can have a great actor, but yep. the character and how they deliver it is just awful. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne, Jupiter Ascending, is yep. my example. Yeah, to be fair. He's brilliant, but the, that was that just film, awful. Just shit anyway, and so. it shouldn't have happened. Waste of time. So, yes, Deathly Hallows Part 2 hit my okay. bottom spot. Um, what, what scores did you give it? Narrative 4. Out of 10. Yeah. Okay. Don't think it flowed as well as yeah. it could have done. I think you get that with most most that trend of split the last one into two parts. To do a battle scene in the yeah. end. Yeah. I understand why they did it because the Battle of Hogwarts needed to be huge, but as one film, there wasn't much of a narrative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> FX ten. The effects in that oh, film yeah, were incredible. Yeah. Can't fault those. Score seven. I mean I like Alexander Desplat, but I don't even remember any of the music from that film. It just seemed like it rehashes everything else that was in the series most of the point. I rank the score on A, its overall musicality, how well they work as pieces of music, and how appropriate it is to the film. And in terms of Harry Potter, how much of it is new and fresh in comparison to the other ones, because a lot of it just it's a different composer just reorchestrating yeah. old themes. Which is difficult when John Williams is the original composer, because... Yeah. He likes to do the leitmotif and yeah. put each characters and sets with different themes. But anyway, I gave that a seven. Casting, only a five. There weren't that many there new any, and important no, characters. There weren't any, any new characters. Other than I've got the Phil the Bagshot in the second one. And no, she's in... Was that the first one? one? Yeah. Is it Albert Dumbledore or is he in the first one as well? He's in the first in the second one. It's just in the second one, isn't he? But again... Yeah, because he sent... Yeah, because they only find out after they get yeah, out. Yeah, they go back yeah. to... Um, so that's the, is that the only new person, isn't it? Yeah. The Carrows, do you see those in the first one? But they do nothing. They don't even have a line. They should have... Yeah. Integral bits, but they don't. So I think that the casting was underdone. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. that's... I gave it five, three films. <laughs> yeah. 
book should have been very built. Yeah. I essentially gave it five because of the casting that was already there and in place and how yeah. well they did it. Maggie Smith was great as McGonagall again. Yeah. Jim Broadbent was great as Slughorn. Yeah. Alan Rickman was great as Snape. Everybody who was great was great. Everyone that was <laughs> meant to be in it and good was good. So that's why it got 26 out of 40. Ooh, that's low. Yeah. That's really low. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, sorry, I like to quantify things. I tried to yeah. do it just on their merits as films, but I really couldn't. I did no such thing of that. Um, I went through a system of uh, how I felt watching it the first time, which didn't really take into account a lot of stuff that didn't hold a lot of weight. How I feel about them now, which is a big part of, especially my last two picks. Especially as we're of that generation that grew, grew up, up with, with them. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Me more so grew up with the books. Yeah, where I read all the books before I saw the film. first film coming out when I was two. Yeah. And yeah. that's what was really difficult for me, was ranking these without trying to compare them back to the source yeah, nostalgia yeah. as well. Yeah, okay. It was really yeah. difficult. Um, but I've tried. I also went through the technical aspects of it and kind of bundled that into one. Mm-hmm. And then, I can't remember, oh, how they rank as a specific Harry Potter film, which is only a last resort if I can't decide between two films. Yeah. So, and this is going to piss a lot of people off. I know it's going to so to re- recap, just because we did a massive bit there yeah. of how we've ranked all yeah. these, I placed Deathly Hallows Part 2 as okay. the lowest ranked. What was yours? Opposite end of the spectrum, I put The Philosopher's Stone as Ooh. my eighth pick. And I think the one thing that weighted it for me is that I find it such a difficult film to enjoy because... It's still if, finding its feet, isn't it, really? It... No, not not even that. I think I think that's one of the strongest bits of it is that it gets into it and you're in it and you're done and you're like, yeah, fucking just do this. Mm. That's Harry Potter the show. But as a film, it has not aged well. You could say that about a lot of films that are but so popular. Say it came out what two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. So if you go and watch this and then you go and watch any other good film from t- from around that era, mm. not counting. Star Wars The Phantom Menace mm. but even that has aged better within that franchise I guess I see what you get so that. Phantom Menace lies alongside Attack of the Clones Revenge of the Sith and the other ones yeah. better than The Philosopher's Stone does yeah. so cool. like, and it's difficult for me because say other films I don't know a lot of other films from around that time but there are three incredibly large films that when you put them alongside The Philosopher's Stone make it look like child's play <laughs> What are those films? Just three films that came out between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> just wanted you, to make what, that yeah, clear because yeah. you just watch if you watch those it, as films of that era, the Philosopher's Stone is just it's like so proper quality. Like if you go back and listen to it, the equipment is awful. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's just looking at it and the I think it's because it is the start of a franchise. Yeah, I, I did tell you this was going to piss a lot of people off. And it didn't. It introduced a lot of the elements for Harry Potter, which I understand because it is the first novel. It's an introduction. But there wasn't a lot of content from the Harry Potter story to tie it all the way through. Because, like, say, you know, the only thing that there are the characters you introduce and Voldemort, but any of the plot points don't really come in, other than Harry's origin, which is tied through every other one because they never yeah. forget to mention it yeah. in every film. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was a nice introduction oh, to yeah, the franchise. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. 
It's not the best one. No. So, yeah. Let's move on to seven. Yep. <laughs> Get out of the way. Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yeah. This was in exactly the same place as that on my list before I changed it. And I'll, I'll tell you why shortly. Yeah, so uh, back to my rating system. Death Hallows Part 1, narrative 7. I thought they okay. didn't really do it justice. If you're going to split a film yeah. into two, yeah. you've got six, almost six hours to tell a story Yeah, if you want to do a long film for each yeah, one, which definitely. they should have done. And they didn't. FX, only eight, because I thought some of it just wasn't all that believable. It doesn't Particularly for a film like Harry Potter, where it is actually set in the real world. Mm. Yeah. So it has to be believable in the real world. Mm. It's got to look genuine. Not like where you have CG everything. Yeah. And it looks real in a CG setting. Yeah. You have to integrate this has it to, to be real sets. It has to be perfectly integrated. Yeah. Together. That's why I gave it an eight. Score seven again, because can you think of any, can you hum a tune from that? I thought it was appropriate. It ma- matched it quite yeah, atmospherically. It yeah. But that is one of the things I liked about it, though, is that it is, it's a very raw film. It is. In comparison to the others, yeah. which is why it flipped around in my listing a lot from bottom to top to middle to. It had a totally different feel yeah. about it. We're not yeah. at Hogwarts anymore. Yeah. We're out in the real world. We're doing, we're finishing this. Yeah. I got that sense from it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that about it. Casting a five again. Just oh, didn't think it was. Yeah. There was much going on. Mm. The new characters that were there were a bit. Is that when we were not Malfoy? Was she in sick form? She's in the sick form, is it? Yeah. Yeah. But again, yeah. didn't find the casting overwhelming. No. There's no, there's no new major characters that they actually introduce in that film. They do a lot. No. Lambeth shows up and throws a goat at some people. That's the next one. See, it's not even. <laughs> It's, it's I mean, in the, book, to... in the book in general, it's not a lot of new characters introduced that are... No, it, it would be foolish to introduce that many new yeah. characters right at the end. Yeah. But she just tends to introduce one per film with yeah. the Defence Against the Dark Arts teachers, yeah. which always have like a integral part to the film. Uh, well, I think Order of the Phoenix probably gave you the most amount of the new characters. New characters, yeah, it did. Uh, that's why Death Hands Part 1 only got 27 for me. Ooh, it's still very close. Yes, they're very close down the bottom. Actually, it's pretty close all the way through. They're just there's yeah. some things that push yeah. films above another. That's why I needed to quantify everything because I really struggled to rate them separately. Yeah, without a system. Yeah, definitely. No, I understand that. You go. Same uh, place. This was originally bottom. It moved up when I actually compared it with Philosopher's Stone and figured out what bits of it worked better, what bits of it I liked, what bits of it made more of an impact, I think, more than anything, because it is old. That is the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Because, again, for one of the reasons, I don't think it has aged as well as the other ones, especially if you compare it with The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. There is a huge leap in quality and difference and everything between, and it's a disconnect, I believe, between Prisoner of Azkaban and Chamber of Secrets. Good follow-on from Philosopher's Stone. Yes. The same tone. Then it's completely different afterwards. Yeah. I think, though, if you look at... I've only been going for, what, ten minutes now? and If you look at the sourcements of the novels... (laughs) You started on the the novels ages ago. The first two do have a very similar tone. The second one gets pretty dark, though. That's that's why Charity is so difficult. And the film gets darker. You know? There are actually kids potentially dying. Yeah. They get petrified. There's a big monster yeah. running around Hogwarts yeah. and you think, oh, wow, Hogwarts is not safe. Yeah. 
wider people send their kids here. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And then that just continues into the next one. But that it could have been darker, and I think it yeah. almost should have been. Yeah. Because it really would be the... more of a disconnect with the first one, then you offset the first one with the rest of the series, and then it gets odd. Yeah, but you couldn't weird. have gone it too dark, could you? You no. could have just had dark moments, yeah. I think. Which I think Cherry of Secrets did. There was bits that were, you know, there's a good balance of levity and darkness. Um, the actual, the quality, the visual quality got a lot better for the second one. The performances were better, I believe. Um, except Jimmy Weasley, because she's just too dark. No, I don't. She's not going to watch. I've already pissed off all the Merlin fans. <laughs> I know, I was just thinking that. Merlin wasn't bad towards the end, it was just the beginning of shit. So. Yeah, uh, the music continued to be good. All the new themes were in, that were introduced were good. They yeah. were strong. John Williams did another crappy yeah. job on that. Um, the development of Hogwarts, the development of the school life, the classes, how the classes got darker. Um, the continued rivalry with Draco and Harry, which I think was lost a lot between the later in the later ones. Yeah, it was sacrificed, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, which I think they should have kept, but it could have been very teeny. Gilderoy Lockhart introduced, played perfectly by Kenneth Branagh. The lines, the dialogue that he's given, his theme, his costumes, everything about the character provided such, such levity in a very dark film, which I thought worked very well. Yeah. Um, of course, there's bad things about it. Um, I can't, they're, they're not incredibly tangible bad things, it was just of lower quality than other films, mm. which is one of those things that I find, which I'm, I'm surprised it ended up this low on the list, because there are big gripes that I have with the, the other films, this one was just slightly poorer. There were just more redeeming factors in the other films yes. for you. Yeah. I see, yeah. Lucius okay. Malfoy, another oh, excellent Jason character. Isaacs. Yeah. Play Big up to Jason Isaacs. Isaacs. If you want design of him. freaking love you, you're brilliant. Follows you on Instagram. I follow you on Instagram. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Great. he was. He's excellent. I love Jason yeah. Isaacs. Um, yeah. Oh, Mark Williams as Arthur Weasley was introduced in Chamber of Secrets. Was he? Yeah. There you go. Another yeah. one of my favourite characters. Really absolutely is. excellent. Dobby. Who can forget Dobby? Dobby. Toby Jones. Yeah. That's um, a gripe that we'll get to in later ones. That I have an issue yeah, with. Yeah, I have an Dobby. issue with Dobby. Dobby's treatment, anyway. Yeah. I don't have an issue with Dobby. I have an issue with the way he was yeah. treated in the films. That's why I struggled to put Deathly Hallows Part 1 higher on my list because Dobby in that. Same, yeah. I I've got many more notes that I could go yeah. into, but I don't want to make this too long. Yeah, we've gone on for a very long time. How long have we got left now? Uh, we've got four minutes Fuck left of this hell. section. Right, okay. Um, that's all I have to say about Chamber of Secrets. It's actually surprisingly good, even though everybody shits on it, but it's still near yeah. the on the list. Okay, what's next for you? Six for me was The Philosopher's Stone. Okay. Before I go into my notes, narrative 10. FX seven score six casting five. I go twenty nine out of forty. It was a great introduction, but I think it struggled to find its footing. It didn't quite know Wait, how well did, it was going to do. What did you give the score for this? Twenty nine. The score score. Oh, the score, the music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six. Six. Six or seven. I can't quite read. I think I've gone over it a couple of times. Yeah. To the six or seven. It just struggled Shit, to find paragraphs its... Paragraphs on each of these? Yeah, I wow. did. I spent ages doing this. I watched it when I was in Canada. It was on TV. Yeah. And on the t when I was watching it on there, they had all the deleted scenes in it. It was, was like it an extended, extended cut. They released an extended version. It was brilliant. It was much better Is watching it? with the deleted scenes. Oh. Hagrid on the tube. Hilarious. Mrs. Dursley breaking eggs at breakfast and she opens an egg. And there's a letter in it. 
and she just goes mad smashing eggs and there's letters in the I eggs. I've seen it. I, I knew they had an extended edition. I didn't realise it was going to be that much extra stuff in it. it. Really, it just little things that you think this is magic in the real world. Yeah, is it HD? It is HD, isn't it? Yeah. And it was, it was lovely. If you haven't seen it, go out and see it because it was... It yeah. Was, I have, I have much watched better. Um, Philosopher's Stone in HD. Yeah, and it was it. It did fix a couple of those things, but I didn't realise there was that many new new things in it. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. Again, I guess that no one knew where it was going to go, how well it was going to take off. Yeah. Because the book was so well received, they were scared that they were going to ruin. Yeah. A film with it, and it's starting a franchise, isn't it? It works standalone as well. I think. It does. It yeah. Didn't have to be yeah. followed on. Which actually was. One of the issues that I had with it is that it shouldn't have been because it's an introduction. It should have had more elements that carried over to the other one. But is that a fault of the first one or the other ones? That's a topic for a much different yeah. video that we'll do. You know, yeah, films that are made intentionally to follow on something else. But yeah. we'll do that thing. Um, so well, that's why it came so I didn't actually want to add to that. Is that I can't actually remember what I was going to say now. Fuck, it was a good point as well. <laughs> Come back to it and do your six. My six. My six was. The Deathly Hallows Part 2. Okay. Why is that? Uh, plot. It was just the end. An ending is not an interesting part of the story for me. It's just, it was a battle, the thing ended, Voldemort died of expert. He did, didn't he? I didn't... It was an impressive bit of CG. It wasn't. But it was. It but I don't... good, though. The, technically, it was good. It didn't look good, though. Yeah, I didn't understand why it had to happen like that. Oh, Sorry, completely interrupt you. Uh, my point was, I think going through this, uh, the plot of the film, unless it differs widely from the book, is not a consideration. Right. Okay. Because it's not in the realm of the writer of the film mm. to do that. The plot is already dictated. They just have to write the script and the scenes. And Yeah. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Um, nothing new that I hadn't seen before. I mean, Voldemort with uh, spiders and giants was kind of cool, but I don't think we got enough of them. We didn't get, like... Yeah. It would have been nice to see Ron fight one. Fight a spider. Yeah. That would have been a perfect end to his story, considering he does nothing in the films mm. of any use ever. Mm. Or other complaints, I was just saying to you... Lupin dies in this film. Tonks dies in this film. Loads of deaths. Loads of deaths in the film. I don't think any of them were impactful. Dobby wasn't impactful. That wasn't in this film, though. <laughs> Death Hallows Part 1? Yeah. Well, it was right at the end of Death Hallows Part 1. Part 2 is mine. Oh, sorry. We're on the wrong one. <laughs> but either way, it flows over, doesn't it? It's the start yeah. of yeah. the next one. I think... Dobby's death in part one was more impactful than any of the deaths in this. Like, which Weasley twin is it? I don't even remember. Fred, because Fred's dead. Okay, there you go. I don't even remember. Not an impactful death, because you just see him after he's already died. You don't see him die. Lupin dies. Donks dies. Who else dies? Voldemort. Snake dies. That was a good one. That was probably the best one in it. And the flashbacks with Snake were probably some of the most solid parts of, not how they did them, but like the fact that they're in there, although that's a book plot thing, so... Yeah. Up. Does it aid to redeem his character in some way? A little bit, I think. You need it there because of the dough from the yeah. first one. Yeah, which isn't explained. 
Yeah. So then you could carry that over. That can be a plot hole for the first one if you take it in independently. Either way. Death, either way, Deathly Hallows Part 2 is your... Yeah, instance. either way, it's just kind of poor. Like, nothing was newly introduced. I know it's the last one, but still, you want something a little bit fresh to go with it. Mm. Is what I want. Like, it's stale. Yeah. Okay. Five. Have you done... Oh, you, you have Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher's Stone, Stone. Five. five. My number, number five. <laughs> the Half-Blood Prince. Okay. Explain. Let's see what mine is. It's called... It shouldn't be called The Half-Blood Prince, is the film. It yeah. was nothing to do with the Half-Blood Prince. You, you work your way through it. Oh, Harry gets this book, Property of the Half-Blood Prince. Great. Junior says, who's the Half-Blood Prince? Okay. And then Snape, right at the end, says, how dare you use your own spells against me? Yeah, I'm the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, it's like, not a plot Who? point. Oh, the Half-Blood Prince. It's nothing to do with the story. It does, it does nothing. Yeah. It should have been Deathly Hallows Part 1. <laughs> Deathly Hallows Part 1 should have been Part yeah. 2, and then Deathly Hallows Part 3 yeah. should have been Part 3. Yeah. It just jumps. Okay, so that's a point about the plot in the film. Yeah, which is why I gave it a six. Narrative. Okay. Nine for the effects. Yeah, they're really good. They're really good, but... Oh, narrative? What was that crap at the beginning? Where he's on the in the train station. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do, I completely and he flirts with the waitress, and then... Yeah, at least he doesn't spit teal everywhere, or whatever way. <laughs> what? I just... Sat there thinking, I want to see the Muggle Prime Minister, and I want to see how this links back to the Muggle world. Yeah, was this the Death Eater attack on Millennium Bridge? Was that the first yeah. one? Yeah, well? that was kind of cool. When you when you see that in the cinema, that was that was a sick start. That was film. good. Yeah, that was good. But the bit with him with the newspaper at yeah. the train station, and then that was crap. I like that they still kept enough of of Hogwarts life in there. Yeah, but that was more that about made. Slughorn than it was about anything else because it was your new character yeah it was almost back to school yeah five seemed too removed from school really I think so yeah I thought the film had a lot of school I thought the school was quite important in the film yeah but you almost forget that it's a school like they're going to lessons and doing things yeah I get that you only get that at the beginning with yeah. Umbridge teaching dark arts and then that sparks Dumbledore's army which is a huge plot point to mm. it but they're still at school. Like she gets rid of Quidditch, which has a massive impact, and it's part of the spurning on of the DA. Yeah. And um, see, that's, that's... the Weasley twins in general. We'll come back to that when yeah. we talk about yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, because Order of the Phoenix is a bit higher on my list mm. because of that. Actually, score for the Half of the Prince, I gave an eight for the music. I thought it was really yeah. good because it was uh, Nicholas Hooper. Very on. different. Yeah. Very good. Um, and it was appropriate. Not too memorable, but then again, it's you don't want anything flashy in this film. Again, it's like, yeah. like we said about uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1, it's a bit more raw. Yeah. Or I think Deathly Hallows Part 1 did it better. Things are changing here. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that got cut off. You're like, whoa, end of Order of the Phoenix. This is the start of something yes. new. And that happened in Heart yes. Prince. Fine. Casting an 8. Who knew with it? Horace Leghorn. Oh, yeah. Oh, great, yeah. I agree with his casting. He was brilliant as it. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's not how I imagined him. I was a bit put off when I first saw him. Because he's, he's supposed to be a little squat, so. portly, bald man with a huge walrus moustache. Okay. And he's not. He's Jim Broadbent just doddering around looking like Victoria I mean, Wood's dad. I mean, Jim Broadbent. He just, it works. Yeah. I, I'm, it's different. I'm yeah. not complaining. Yeah. I think he was great. Uh, 31. Prince, God. Um, before we started talking, um, 
I had a tie for this position, but I did change it so that I had one above the other. And my pick for this position is the Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, same, same reasons. Um, some of the things I liked about it. Uh, the casting, actually, I will put another point on casting. Mm-hmm. All of the young Tom Riddles were very well done because I'm not sure whether it's intentional or whether they're just bad, but they all made me want to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that feeling? You know when he's a creepy 15-year-old and he's in the slug club? Yeah. Doesn't he make you want to puke Slide everywhere? Yeah. 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 Which one horrible? was um, Ray Fine's nephew? It was that the younger one. Yeah, that's the, it's the hero, the was it? One. Yeah. yeah. Hero in the orphanage. And he's just creepy as shit. Really like, freaky. You want this yeah. kid to come to your school, he's clearly a psychopath. <laughs> like speak snakes as well, is that alright? Yeah, fine, come along. Yeah. Not not like all dark wizards in history have been able to do that, so it's alright for Grindelwald, but then you can. Yeah. Not mentioned in the film, so don't want No, I well we agree on that. Yeah, we? yeah. <laughs> it's just it, it makes the video shorter. Come on, let's next one, go. Um, actually, this got the same score oh, as number five, okay. Chamber of Secrets. Okay. You just choose what you like it better. No. Um, narrative, ten. Yep. Effects. Think, yeah. The story of Chamber of Secrets. Story, solid. It, uh, yeah, it was excellent. What, it, what knew where it started, it knew where yeah. it wanted to go, yeah. and it got there. It introduced a lot of elements that were going to play out in later films. It did what The Last of Stone didn't for me. I was engrossed in the story. Yeah. I didn't feel... Yeah. Whereas with the new Fantastic Beasts, I was really struggling to follow along, and yeah. I kept thinking, "I'm watching a yeah. film. I'm, I'm watching a film. This is, I don't know what's going on." Yeah. Whereas with Chamber of Secrets, I felt, okay. "I'm in this. This story makes sense. I'm following it through. It works." Yeah. Effects eight. There was such an improvement, but they still oh, weren't yeah. perfect. But then again, it was like 2002. Yeah. So you've got like the flying car. Yeah, which didn't it looked hammy at times. A little bit, but basilisk. Basilisk was okay. Although it was mainly practical. Yeah. Which I think was the strength of some of these earlier ones, like the Basilisk, the, the Werewolf, and the Phoenix from the first. You have no option but to do it practically yeah. when it's that early on. Yeah. Uh, the score was only a seven for me. It's John Williams again, but I just don't think it was as emotionally and atmospherically appropriate. Yeah. I think themes were better. Mainly Musically, because, it was brilliant. Yeah. That's why it got a seven. Yeah. Mainly because of Gilbert Lockhart's theme. I can't actually remember it in mind, but I know it's awesome. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that one. Because I always mix it up with unproduced theme. Yeah, which again is excellent. Come back to that. We've got a lot to say about Water Phoenix, clearly, so we'll get there. Casting six. Even with Gilbert Lockhart. Gilbert Lockhart. I feel like he chose the best thing about the film. He is. And you haven't even quoted him yet? <laughs> he is, and that's the only reason that it's got a six. I don't think anybody else really got much to do. Yeah. The plot wasn't really about anybody else. Yeah. And, and no. Yeah, he was the biggest new addition you know that had something to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. whereas all like the previous people... just mentioned rubber ducks and then fucked off for a while. Which was entertaining, Yeah, but it wasn't plot-worthy, whereas Gilderoy Lockhart was there... Introduced new, did it well, integral yeah. to the plot. We Arthur Weasley was only really there because of the car, because they needed an explanation. Why the car was there. Yeah. That's, he's a plot point on a character in this film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's why it got a six, and I think it was brilliant. I wondered how Hugh Grant would have dealt with it. If, if for those exactly of everybody that doesn't know, Hugh Grant was asked yeah. first, but I can't remember what he was doing. Was he doing Love Actually instead? Probably, yeah, 2002, 2003. Uh, so he couldn't do it, and then uh, they asked Kenneth Branagh, 
and I think he was great. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh was. Absolutely. Hugh Grant would have been exactly the same. I think just a little bit more deadpan. Hugh Grant might have been a bit too much of a typecast. It's yeah. just, oh, this is Hugh Grant's teaching wizard. Yes. It would have been cool. I think that would have worked. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Maybe some screen tests if there were some. Yeah. But Plus Lockhart got his very own and the only one in the entire series post credit scene. Yeah. Which I didn't realise until last year when I rewatched the film and left the credits on and was like, shit, there's a post credit scene on this film? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Now, I, I really enjoy really cool. it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Cherry Secrets need to be really high, higher on my list. <laughs> Yeah, I was film. ranking them. I was surprised. I put yeah. it so where I have done. Uh, I think I just I think I just put it at the bottom and then forgot about it and ranked the rest. Mm. But it is surprisingly better. Yeah, it is. Polyjuice potion. Polyjuice potion. Yeah. Moaning Myrtle as a, a casting. She actually plays Shirley a role. Henson. Yeah. yeah, was would put it higher. Yeah. Plus the fact that she's in. She's in later films, and yeah. she actually has a purpose, un- unlike anything that happens works. in the Philosopher's um, Stone. Dobby is introduced in this point, but that comes into narrative, I think. Yeah, it works well. yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I think the way they handle the introducing these characters in the film is worth mentioning the fact that they did yeah. them all quite well. Naturally. They did. Uh, they Professor Force Sprout it. was a brilliant introduction. Yes, she didn't do a lot. Well, she, the point is that that's oh, yeah, where the mandrakes come yeah, from. She introduced um, the mandrakes. Yeah. But and more, Madame Pompey was introduced yeah. at this point. But as more well. like Arthur Weasley, they are just plot points. Plot They're plot pieces, points, but yeah. they were delivered well yes. and believably. Yes, yes, yes. So I might move it up a point in casting to a seven, but that, does that change its ranking at all? No, because my next one has thirty-two. So right, okay, <laughs> yep. So it's joint whichever place I put it here. Mine was the Goblet of Fire. Okay, because it's it's the one that everybody shits on, but I think so so of. Um, Chamber of Secrets and Order of Phoenix and I think our feelings about that have changed a lot I'm not sure what about the plot works for me I think the Triwizard Tournament was interesting it changed the dynamic of the films which I think is why some people really liked it and some people hated it Yeah, I think the casting I only really the champions the ones that I didn't like they were too flat and they weren't characterised in the film at all they were just there because they were I think uh, Robert Pattinson worked as Cedric Diggory yeah but none of them had anything to do other than Cedric Diggory yeah like Fleur was just a crush for Ron yeah Crumb was just a crush for Hermione Cedric was just a crush for Harry I suppose (laughs) Just a crush for everybody because he's a gorgeous human being. I think the the effects were great. They worked very yeah. well. The practical mix with the CGI, the underwater stuff, it pushed a lot of boundaries from the last one. The dragon. Yeah, the dragon. It it stepped it up. I it was like more. I wanted more dragons. Yeah. I wish I'd have just got glimpses of yeah. the others fighting the dragon. Yeah, even in a, even an extended edition where they just add in like very short bits. Mm. Would have worked fine for me. The re-emergence of Voldemort, that whole scene after the Porky, the tension that rises through that scene is excellently well done. Mm-hmm. The design of Voldemort, I wish they'd kept it. You know when he first appears and his skin is sort of settling in as he as he sort of oh, drops yeah. down? Yeah, that, they should have kept it halfway from that. So you can still see the bones and all that. If they made it later, they would have done that. But that would have been, because you can see the perfect, like, skinny jaw and long neck yeah I think if they'd kept that and just enhanced him sort of almost CGI enhanced him 
I think he would have looked incredibly creepy. Yeah, I mean, he looked creepy. And I, oh, yeah. I just wanted his eyes to be red. Yeah. I like the snake eyes that they gave him, though. Yeah. But then they got rid of him straight away. Yeah. So. Yeah. It would have been nice to see those little details that yeah. J.K. Rowling made so much effort. She built that character up really, as really well. As literally a snake man. A snake man. Yeah. I mean, he's got the snake nose and the forked tongue that you just see a little yeah. bit of, but I really like that. Yeah. I think some of, if they had gone full whack with how he is, how Book Voldemort is, it could have been very hammy. And... Yeah. I'm glad he, Ray Fiennes didn't do the high the shrill. voice, the shrillness, yeah. because just the normal tone of it, it the creepy. way that he was creepy. Yeah. Just yeah. deliver a lot. Yeah, he did it sometimes. There he did it bits yeah. to bring it out, but that was about it. But he's Supple. calm, he's cool, yeah. collected, and he's almost friendly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll snap like us. Yeah. I mean, I'm not Pick a massive fan. Yeah. We bowed. We <laughs> fucking bow. I mean, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not he, a massive Voldemort fan at all in any of the other films, but this one was his best one, and yeah. he was in it for five minutes. Yeah, just those five minutes yeah. were brilliant. Apart from the Darth Vader at the end. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was that unnecessary? I don't think... I think that's out of character. I think Voldemort would have just started... Yeah, he, Kylo running. Yeah. <laughs> I think he should have just shot you know, one of magic. his own people. He should have just bitch slapped Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> or if he did, just walk through the fog and gone, just braced himself, and then someone would come over and said, just said something, and he'd just gone and killed yeah. him. Yeah, he wants to be silent. Yeah, that works. That works very well. Just actually. if we'd have had a bit more of, oh, this, this guy Psycho. is. Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, this guy just this guy messed just, up in the head. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah, the music I think was good. Can't think of much apart from the Hogwarts, Hogwarts March. March at the end. The, of the maze. little pieces they put in with the other schools and with the people in them, like the characters, like Fleur and Crumb, had a little bit of each of the schools in them. Yeah, it was stupid that they all wear. Like, I get that they have a uniform, but why are they? They're not meant to be unisex schools, are they? It was stupid that like one school was all boys and one yeah, school was exactly. all girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not, not how they are. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. that's not how they yeah. are portrayed. That's... There are female yeah. And I saw, I saw something on it. Um, male for I can't remember what video I was watching, but it was like saying that like we're going to forget which one's a girl <laughs> and which one's yeah. a boy. So we're going to make all of them <laughs> in each school male yeah, or female. I, I, didn't, um, I didn't understand that. Yeah, there were some stupid things about it. A little bit Fantastic Beasts, Crumbs of Grindelwaldish. There were some really good bits and there's some really dumb bits about this film. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which one is it? Which book is it that Dobby's meant to start working at Hogwarts? It's Goblet of Fire, isn't it? Yeah. That's one of my gripes with it. Okay, mm. that's the only thing I'm going to say because we'll come back to it later. Okay. Yours. We'll come back to it right now because my next one is Goblet of Fire. Okay. <laughs> As I've already said, 32 out of 40 for the third place. Narrative, seven, because I think... It's third the... place? Yeah. You shut up. Yeah. Goblet of Fire's my number four. Yeah. Oh yeah, you go first. Don't mind. Narrative 7 I don't think Worked as well As it should have done Plot wise Yeah I, I wasn't was... totally In it Yeah I think it was separate Enough to work as its own But then they introduced Voldemort Which immediately ties it To the rest of the films Yeah Which doesn't work as well mm. Oh I forgot to mention Madar Moody Sorry Madar Moody was great Madar Moody Casting excellent As well yeah. as Barty Crouch Jr Parts, Casting yeah. excellent That's pretty Barty Crouch Sr Casting Very, very good 
this is what, uh, anyway, the effects, sorry, yeah, a 10, because the underwater bits could have been a little bit more refined. I don't think it worked brilliantly underwater. Yeah, I think it was good. Good, it pushed the boundaries. It did, it was, am I right in thinking it's probably the first time we've seen that in, that in depth in the cinema before? Probably, yeah. I mean, the next time we'll see it is Aquaman. Yeah, which is uh, CGI. At least this was yeah. a lot of practical sets underwater, which is one of the achievements of it. Yeah. And then, like, green screen underwater is going to be really difficult to do, so you have to give them a bit of leeway for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, narrative. You started mentioning Dobby. Dobby wasn't in this at all, and he should have been, as should have Winky, the Crouch's yeah. house elf, which tied Barty Crouch together. Yeah. And he might as well have not happened. It might as well have just been someone's got a port key into the maze. It didn't have to be Mad Eye Moody. It could have been absolutely anybody. Yes. It, it didn't uh, It didn't quite yes. make sense. There needed to be something that tied Barty Grouch Jr. to the rest of the story. Yeah. And his death, Barty, uh, Barty Grouch Sr.'s death was a bit pointless. Just, yeah. Again, you don't see him die. Why, what is it with this franchise? Yeah. Of not seeing anybody die. And we see Cedric <laughs> Diggory die. Oh, yeah. That's so just one look. But that was good, but the re- uh, I'll come back to the redeeming factors because they're a bit later on. Uh, score five wasn't all that memorable. Yeah, other than the Hogwarts March. Other than the Hogwarts March. Uh, casting was a ten. Oh yeah, definitely. So, uh, you got Brendan Gleeson as Mad Eye Moody yep. was brilliant. David Tennant. David Tennant yep. should have had more to do. The Barty Crouch stuff should oh, have yeah, been better worked. Rita Skeeter, Miranda Richardson did it oh, brilliantly. Yeah. Um, but it was Ray Fiennes as Voldemort. Yes. Say that was brilliant, and his delivery was perfect. Yes. As was, um, I'm going to get his name wrong. Is it Adrian Raoul? Amos Diggory. Uh, God knows, I can't remember who he is. His portrayal, just yeah. the, the character didn't have much to do. Yeah. But that scene where Cedric comes back from the maze, yeah, and he just breaks down. Yeah. It was, it was well done, very well done. Yeah. It was harrowing. There's a lot about this film that's good, even though everybody shits on it. Yeah, it's a it kind was... of Chamber of Secrets level. There's almost intangible things that are bad and not well done, but not a lot of major specific gripes other than like Dobby and stuff like that. Yeah, I just think that if you're going to compare them to the books, this was the worst in terms of. There's a lot in that though. You compare is... that to it's one of the best Prisoner books. of Azkaban, where you've got yeah. a thin book, what well, finish, and then you've got Jeff a monster, not Adrian, it's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff sure. Yeah, okay. positive. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will correct you in the comments if they know who yeah. it is. I'm, I'm sure it's Jeff. Yeah, okay. The maze. The maze was not immersive yeah. enough. In the book, you get lost. You actually get yeah. lost in the maze. You had the Acromantula were in there. Yeah. There was all sorts Blasted of other scroot. crap. The Scroots, we don't get those. Yeah, they were sick in the video game. Yeah. They were sick in the video. If you ever Great played video, Harry yeah. Potter and the Goblet Fire video game, it's quite cool to play with two people. Yeah, because it's caught and you yeah, get to choose you go to Harry Potter. Really yeah, it's cool. cooler. Yeah, really, really Very cool. Well Cedric Diggory dies. 17 year old boy is murdered in front of your eyes. The first proper on screen death we get. Yeah. This shit just gets real at the end of Goblet of Fire. Yeah. We haven't had any, any deaths other than Harry's parents, which don't gang because it was a flashback. A quirrel, which actually, that's the darkest bit that gets looked over. Harry melts a guy with his hands and kills him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. The anyway, just killed the guy. Anyway, I just think that there was just a decent story there and they concentrated on the wrong things. Yeah. 
you know, there's two Death Eaters at Hogwarts yeah. now. Well, three. Karkaroff. Karkaroff, Barty Crouch Jr. and Snape is there. Yeah. Anyway, that's why that got third place for me. I think there's a lot to say about Goblet of Fire. But yeah. Not in the space of this video that's already too long. No, we are. We are <laughs> let's try and speed this up a little bit yep, okay. as we get through to your third yep, place. Which is the Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Which is going to be a long one. Yeah. I, hang on. Before you do that, though, Order of the Phoenix is my number two. So we can talk about this for a decent amount of time. Okay, right. Things. So my number two is Order of the Phoenix, right. and then I'll skip to my number one. Yep. After this. Yep, no, that works for me. Okay, and for Wait, Order no, of Phoenix. I wouldn't have done my number two, that's why I'm doing my number two. Okay, you do number yeah. two after this one. Yeah. Okay. So, Order of the Phoenix, casting, a few people introduced, uh, Kingsley Shacklebolt is cool, Umbridge is Perfect. Horrible. Mother Storm. <laughs> like... Yeah, I say horrible is in the character is so well done that she's just horrible. She had that Voldemort thing. I know she was a, such a different villain yeah. to Voldemort, but that you know that almost sweetness, yeah. kindness that Voldemort yeah, has. Psycho, and then she just crazy. Sat down yeah. And she was like, oh, and he's just like, oh my god, this yeah. is a, this is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> this was actually my number two, and I changed it down after I watched a video on one of the other ones in this that actually distinctly changed my opinion of the entire film in such a profound way that I had to change it in the list. All right. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. And you got Tonks in this one as well. While we're talking about you got, casting, yeah, you got Tonks in this. Um, oh crap! Who else is in this one? I just, I was, I couldn't believe that you hadn't mentioned it, and I've completely forgotten what you said. <laughs> Who else was in this? I ain't got a clue. Oh, Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. Spell tricks the strength. Yes. Time that oh, in. Perfect. Yeah. One. This is the last hurrah of Lucius Malfoy before he becomes a shrivel of a man. He did in the books. Though. Yeah, he became a total and I think he did it really well. And yeah, his way, yeah, because Jason Isaacs had he changed from up himself to genuinely in command of a very large force of dark wizards. Yeah, and I think that worked really well. Like he was great yeah. with his sort of duality with Bellatrix the Strange. He's the the calm, the Bond villain, yeah. and she's the psycho bitch. You felt the art, but <laughs> yeah. let's all just <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sirius Black. The reason this was higher on the list than anything, pretty much anything else, is because Sirius Black is like the best character. Okay. I think, yeah, I don't on. think they should have killed him off in this. That's a book plot. I don't think it should have been, he should have killed him off yet. When did you want if to kill him? anyone, because you get a little bit of him throughout the film. You only got a little bit of him in the third one. If you want to kill off one, and a little them, bit of him in the fourth one, you kill off Lupin in the fifth one because he had more development in the third one. Mm. He was introduced as another kind of link to Harry's past. That's why they killed off Sirius Black is the link is because Harry's losing all of the members of his past. And the only thing that ties yeah. him to his parents, but Sirius hasn't had enough development with Harry. That was my issue with Dobby's death. In yeah, he didn't have enough development because he was yes. in five as well yeah. and four. Yeah. And that was my issue yeah. with Dobby, is that they don't introduce him enough throughout, you don't have enough character. Um, anyway, we'll get to that when we talk about Death Hours Part 1. Yeah, I definitely think it should have been Lupin, because you could have even had the same scenario, but then you have Lupin try and, again, because he does, he works so much to help Sirius throughout Prisoner of Azkaban and make sure that he's okay and everything's fine, because mm. he still feels like he's going to protect all of his friends and help Harry keep hold of everything that's going on with his, his parents and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think having actually having Lupin 
end up sacrificing himself for Sirius and therefore for Harry ties him back to the fact that Sirius and James sacrifice so much of their time to learn to become animagi to help Lupin out. It ties such a character arc to Lupin then, killing him off. Yeah. And I see, I see you, it where you're ties, and then that. you have a big climactic end where Sirius is the one that dies in Deathly Hallows, and yeah. Sirius is the one that meets him in the forest because he hasn't been in it for two films. Oh, Sirius and dead. Yeah. yeah, but it's but they put more weight on Sirius being there in the film in Deathly Hallows. But yeah. Lupin's just died, and nobody cares about it in the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, you could have two meaningful. Well, we do deaths. care, but it's not yeah. bigged up enough. Yeah. But you can have two meaningful deaths. Because we don't get his whole story. I was saying yeah. to you earlier about yeah. in the book for Lupin, there's that whole thing where he's with Tonks and he leaves Tonks and they have a kid together. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking and Harry and Lupin have a massive fight about it. Yeah. And it's a brilliant bit of character development for both yeah. of them. And, and all you get in the film is Harry saying to Lupin's ghost, but your son, question mark. Yeah. And that's it. And it's never mentioned again. And there's nothing that happens with it. Yeah. Switching switching those two characters around, I feel, could have made character arcs for both of them profoundly better. Oh, yeah. Plus, Sirius's arc, he probably would end up sacrificing himself for Harry and the Heavy Hallows because yeah. he feels the need. Lupin died for Harry. Mm-hmm. Lupin was my best friend. Mm. Now, because he's the only one alive. Yeah. And so it's my duty now, yeah. even more than before, to sacrifice myself for Harry and Lupin's memory and James's memory. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Sirius died. Sirius died there because it was just saying he should have just he should have killed him. Sirius Black should kill should have killed him. He should have had a conflict with him in the later books five, six, or seven, and murdered Peter Pettigrew. What even happens to him? If you've not read, if you've only seen the films, Peter Pettigrew dies. Uh, the hand that Voldemort gives him strangles him. See, I don't even remember that. I don't know that. Exactly. Happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen in the doesn't film. Happen. Doesn't happen. And Peter Pettigrew is another character that should be very important to mm. Harry, to Sirius, to Lupin, and to Ron as well. You you get the start of that at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. You think and then James, James wouldn't let them hurt me. James wouldn't let, yeah. me, let them kill me. Goblet of Fire saw a lot of Sirius's backstory. Yeah. Like they go and meet him in outside Hogsmeade. Yeah. When he's with Buckbeak, and yeah, it's and that didn't happen. Yeah, that and that build up, he has the redemption in the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, yeah. a whole a, a wanting period of Harry wants to be with him. Yeah, so they spend so much time trying to get him free, yeah. and then Order of the Phoenix, he's still hiding, but the Order of the Phoenix is reformed, yeah. so he's back with all his mates. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah, I think that's why I know that's why they did it is that Harry has this kind of yearning to finally move in with Sirius, which is what he plans to do in Order of the Phoenix, is he plans to move in with Sirius. Yeah. And then he dies. But... There's just not enough. There's not enough stuff in this. The Weasley twins in this were so integral to what was happening at Hogwarts and Umbridge's downfall. And all you get in the film is them blowing up an example of fireworks. (laughs) It was cool. But where were the swamp boxes... Yeah, and all the other Weasley Wizard Weasley's products. Yeah. That and they, they, they prank Filch with sweets. Yeah, but that's just to get into the room requirement. They are they do they don't do they a do lot, but what they do is actually useful. To be fair, but what you've got to remember as well, the Weasley twins should have been bigger overall. How yeah. he gives his tri wizard winnings to the Weasley twins, so they okay. can start up their joke shop. Yes, and so all how they're funding all their 
Weasley was a Weasley's stuff yeah. in Order of the Phoenix is because Harry gave them all the money. Why don't you just give him all of his normal money that he doesn't use? He's like one of the richest people on the planet in the city. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, okay. Which is not addressed either. But Yeah. Also, it is true that James's dad made a fortune on hair products. Yes. Yes. Or and, his granddad. And then James and Harry can't use hair products. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find hilariously... It's the one that Herm- Sleek Easy's, is that it? The one that Hermione uses in Goblet of Fire to do her hair is the one that um, James okay. Potter's dad yeah. invented. That's a completely pointless bit of information that you're never going to be able to get out of your head now. So. <laughs> it's well, in there, it's there. Uh, we could talk forever about that, couldn't we? Because they were just different points. Yeah, I think, but... I think it is the... Harry's past was a, and introducing the Marauders and developing them was one of the biggest failings of the series. Yeah, the flashbacks more... didn't do enough. They spent yeah. so much time in the book yeah. within Snape's memories, yeah. but they just sort of mentioned it, yeah. and you you realise that James Potter was a dig. Oh yeah, but you don't see that much of it. Yeah, I think it would have been nice because you can still have. You know how we were talking about how um, Sirius dies after Harry finally realises that he might be able to move in with him and have a, a happy wizarding life with his real family. If they didn't kill him off, I know that. I know that you wouldn't have got that, and if, but I wouldn't even have minded if they got rid of Sirius by, after Lupin's death, he kind of like, I don't know, like he leaves and becomes some kind of like wandering crusader for the, and just trying to hunt down anything. Like, you know, like his brother does when he goes after the Horcruxes, yeah. Sirius does the same thing, but in the name of protecting Harry and everything that he, he stands for, basically. Mm. Again, tying in the whole thing, and then maybe they can find something from Sirius in Grimmauld Place that plans to carry on his brother's work, that ties together the Horcruxes and Sirius's plot with Harry and Lupin. Mm. Yes, that makes so much more sense. Thank you. You're when, welcome. But this video isn't rewriting Harry Potter. Oh, we did this with bloody fantastic beasts we did theory the crafting. Stop doing that. Do your number two. Number two, Death Hallows Part One. Do your number two. <laughs> Death Hallows Part One, wow. So my number seven is your yep. number two. Num- um, it was originally my number six. Okay. Um, I watched a video, anybody that's watching this, it's probably actually going to be one of the recommended videos in this thing because of YouTube. All the tags. Um, a video made by Mr. Sunday Movies, an excellently funny Australian guy who does... Stuff like this all the time. Just excellent. Just go watching or wetting yourself all the time. It's great. And he made a video talking about how the, the Deathly Hallows Part 1 was actually the pinnacle of the Harry Potter series. I don't think that that... I wouldn't go that far, but... And all the stuff that he says, the characterisation of how these characters that you that you know have been thrown out... Yeah, it's nice in that sense. And right. how they cope with it, the little character moments rather than the big fights and all that kind of stuff yeah. and how they're surviving and all that kind of stuff and the, the nice moments of levity like the bit that a lot of people hate you know where Harry and Hermione have that weird radio dance thing I like in that the, yeah, I like that and that's one of the things that made me change it is that these characters have actually they were hopeful but now like even Hermione says that you know maybe we should just stay out here yeah, and just grow old and that these characters have resigned themselves to this quite grim fate of just wandering and doing nothing, yeah. and they've, they've, they're fine with that. And this kind of the characterization when you think deeper about this film works so much better than, especially the next one. I think it's more of a thoughtful film in this journey that they're trying to go on and the conflicts that they have, rather than 
the conflicts being giant shoot it yeah spider shoot it it, it yeah the magic got a bit carried away towards the end yeah they were just they were sticks that shot bullets yeah they were magic guns exploding bullets. Bullets. yeah that's all i have to say i will leave a link to it if i remember um it's an amazing video that I think you should go and watch. It'll change your opinion of the film. I'm going to try and keep that short because we might be able to wrap this up soon. So, so we're up to my number one. I haven't got anything else to add onto Deathly Hallows Part One because I said all my bits. Yeah, further down. I mean, Animal One's about the same anyway. We know they are. <laughs> it's the only one we haven't mentioned so far. Yeah, it's Prisoner of Azkaban yep. is uh, my number one. Uh, if you want the score, I gave it. Um, narrative was a ten. The effects were an eight. The score was a 9, and the casting was a 9. 36 out of 40. Shit, that's a high score. Yeah. I couldn't really fault it. Even, I was a bit miffed when I read the book about the time travel. Thought it was weird, but the way it was explained yeah. and the way it was dealt with, yeah. that this is dangerous. Yeah. It's possible, but it's dangerous. But then again, it always happens. It's not time travel. <laughs> yeah. It's something that is fixed. You've already done it. Yeah. You so can't you have to do it again. Yeah. It's already happened. It's not you going and changing something yeah. else. Which gets rid of the plot holes. Yes. So why doesn't Snape or Dumbledore use a time turner to go back in time and stop Voldemort? Yeah. Because it's, because it's risky and it wouldn't have wouldn't have got there. Yeah. So the time travel is used well. The casting, Emma Thompson as uh, <laughs> Trelawney. Yeah. So good. And integral to the plot. Yes. Because she does the, the second... Prophecy in this film, with and they see Sirius Black in yes. Crystal Ball. Beautifully well done. And she was hilarious. Having this dark force that you find out is literally just Harry's godfather. Yeah, that was nice. They did that very yeah. well. They introduced him through the divination, which was nice. Yeah, that scene was really good. Pam Ferris was Aunt Marge, which was she only yes. got she only got the part because Alfonso Caron, the director, um, said you were just looking for someone that is willing to be inflated, <laughs> and so she she got. Yeah, and hours in a makeup chair in this latex thing that just got inflated and inflated. Yeah, and that was really well done. Yeah. Practical effects. Yeah, practical then. effects. I think practical effects were king in this film. Which is why, again, my practical effects, the, the effects score was. I gave it an eight because sometimes the the integration high. between the two, like right. the werewolf, was practical, and then also CGI. Now. CGI. Yes, it did get um, a bit weird. Didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't mesh quite mesh. Yeah. It no, didn't quite totally mesh well. Again, the same with the practical book beak that they interact with, and also the digital one. Yeah. That didn't quite yeah. meld. The ride, I think, didn't mesh quite well because you had. Because he was would, on a. a, a yeah. Like a, it was just a, a feathery fake horse. Yeah. Yeah. The, and then you the, had a, yeah. a green screen in the background, which always looks dodgy and then but then you cut to fully cgi wide shots and that's yeah. kind of yeah. but don't get me wrong the map painting was beautiful yeah the map just the oh, scottish yeah. highlands map yeah. painted in those shots were just great the tone i think was a natural progression from chamber of secrets yeah it, it got darker because it needed to yeah it cut away from the voldemort plot well michael gammon forgot to mention michael oh, yeah. gammon's introduction yeah. after richard harris passed away yeah yeah he was delivered it well uh, I wish he'd have stayed a similar character a bit later on. Yeah. They aged him after Order of the Phoenix. Quite yeah. dramatically aged him. I don't think it needed to happen quite like that. Yeah, no, but I agree. That's a, a different kind of quibble. The score, again, John Williams doing some fantastic work. I think it was a lot Did more... Did you the first film? Yeah, 
but it's so different, isn't it? It matches yes. the tone and it stays but with the tone of this film. I don't yeah. remember it too much, but it is. It's a good piece. It's not. It like, fits. It, it yeah. fits all. I, yeah. I don't want to ramble on too much. I just think yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban is casting definitely the best one. Good casting. Yeah. yeah. Not mentioned Gary Oldman. We have not mentioned David Lewis as Lupin. Who yes, was also incredible. Lots of new new characters introduced. I didn't realize yes. how many new Peter characters. Pettigrew was introduced in this. Pettigrew. All of the Marauders. Everyone that's played a Marauder was good. Even think, though the darkness of Chamber of Secrets yeah, did it a bit. This really, yeah. you were in it. Yeah, this is Harry finding out that the only remaining member of his well, I mean, you got the Dursleys, but the last hope of his parents is, uh, as far as he's aware, a murderer. Yeah, a mass murderer. Of killing is one of his parents' best friends, but it, then it's all sorted out. I would love to have seen Alfonso Cuarón do another one. I, if oh, he'd yeah. have directed Goblet of Fire, might maybe have been, might have meshed a bit better. I would have liked to have seen him do um, all of them. <laughs> no, uh, Deathly Hallows. Yeah, I think it would have been smaller scale. I think the Battle of Hogwarts would have been more about the characters than the fight. Yeah, but it still would have looked brilliant. Yeah. It would have been slightly more practical, I think, the yeah. effects. But that's, again, that's something completely different. Yeah, definitely. But for me, it's definitely Prisoner of Azkaban at the time. Oh, yeah. I can't. Yeah, there isn't a lot between these films all the time, but I think Prisoner of Azkaban always does shine through. Everything, I think other things do some things better than it. Yeah. But overall, this does the most well to yeah. stand alone as a film, to progress the plot from the other ones and progress the plot into the last ones. Yeah. To introduce things that will pop up later in a meaningful way, even though they're not there. I like I like that Voldemort isn't in it. Yeah, at I like all. The, yeah. The plot doesn't even surround Voldemort. He is literally about there's the something so <laughs> yeah. There's something so dark about it, and yeah. having almost not having a villain. Yeah, I like that. It's about the fact that it was about development. Yeah, it's about, it's about growing Harry. up. It was yeah. about a, a character yeah. arc for everybody. Yeah, it's a character-driven film, not a plot-driven film. Which same in the book it's that's what makes it work so well yeah no I totally agree that was a nice ending wow we, we agreed on that up quite I, nicely I, I like that I don't think I was expecting us to agree on to agree on <laughs> especially the first place one I don't think that yeah. we would have agreed yeah, it was that. always but, really the Dementors just were done excellently as oh a, as god a, yeah force of nature in that yeah, yeah they were a force of nature changing the weather yeah oh, yeah brilliant Anyway, should we wrap this well, up? Wow, yeah, we've been going on for a very, very yeah, long the other thing time. Yeah, this one's longer than the other than the last one we did. We'll try yeah. to make the next one shorter, but it won't be. I mean, I need a nap now. You guys must really need a nap because oh, you've been. Oh God, yeah. Imagine anybody who's binging this. On. No one's no, going to oh. binge this. <laughs> God, if you're binging it, wow. Well, well sorry. done. Let us know in let us know in the comments if you managed to binge this whole thing. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll try and find a way to reimburse you for Will your we? time. Will we though? <laughs> Yeah, maybe like an Ikea gift card. <laughs> oh, no, I'm expecting an Ikea gift card. Yeah, it's not my channel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so very much for watching and listening, yeah, depending on what platform you're on. If you did enjoy this, then just make sure to hit that like button um, and tell us what your ranking is, if you disagree with anything, if there's anything you want to add oh, yeah, we'll to our list. If you want to, so. We'll have a look. We'll have a... I might have a discussion with you in the comments. Um, he probably won't. He might come over and have a look. But uh, if you do want to see more of these, then make sure to go down there, hit that little subscribe button and the notification bell so that you actually get told when we upload one of these videos. And we will see you guys uh, next week. Yeah.